Welcome to Your Cyber Path, the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job by sharing the secrets of experienced hiring managers and top cybersecurity professionals with you. Now, on to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Kip Boyle, and Jason Dion is here with me. And today we're going to talk about the top five jobs that's going to let you two-step your way into the cybersecurity industry. And I was telling Jason before we started recording, like, two-step. I love that. That's a great, you know, I mean, it's, it's easy to say. It's easy to visualize. And what did you say, Jason? Why did you like two-step? I like the two-step because it reminds me of like a Texas two-step, right? It's you want to get someplace, but you got to take two steps to get there. And oftentimes, <laughs> people who are trying to break into cybersecurity have a hard time finding that entry-level cybersecurity job. So if you could find one job that's close to it, and then you can take the second job that is in the cybersecurity industry, it helps you move from one into the other. So sometimes there's, there's two steps in your path to where you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Now, people who, who we recommend consider the two-step, um, there's, there's usually some very specific uh, situations going on with them. And one of those very specific situations is, let's say somebody is mid-career and they want to switch over to cybersecurity, but they have a mid-career uh, compensation package, right? And maybe they are, they've got a, a mortgage, perhaps their children are, you know, uh, in private school, or maybe just, you know, taking, uh, you know, lessons in sports or something like that. The point is, is that they can't afford to go to the help desk and earn $15 an hour, $20 an hour, whatever, you know, whatever the help desk is paying. And so they've got to be more strategic. They've got to be smarter about how they make this change. And so that's one of the common situations where we recommend the two-step. Yeah, I see this a lot, right? You have somebody who has, you know, a spouse and a couple of kids. They've got the mortgage. They've got the car payment. They're making seventy dollars or $80,000 a year as a manager at a restaurant, for instance, right? They can't afford to go take a twenty dollars or $30,000 a year job to get some experience by working in the help desk. So they need a way to take their experience and land an equivalent paying job or something at least within 5 to 10% of what they're making, either more or less. And that's what I call the two-step is where you take your current experience, you leverage that into a job that's somewhere near cybersecurity, paying a decent wage, and then you move into a cybersecurity job because now you have experience that you can relate to cybersecurity and that's going to be able to get you into a wage that you want instead of starting all the way at the bottom again. So let, exactly. let's talk about, we're going to talk about five of these different jobs uh, that we see are common ones. Uh, the first one is pretty obvious, uh, but I'll go ahead and let you start, Kip. What's the no number one that we had come up with? <laughs> yeah, so uh, the first one, uh, yes, this is very, very typical, uh, a very typical feeder role, and that's either a network administrator or a systems administrator. And it's funny uh, that we meet a lot of people who are already in one of these types of jobs, and uh, and they come to us and and they say I want to get into cybersecurity, and then I'll say well you know you're already kind of in cybersecurity now, and they're like what they don't believe it and I and so I have to you know sort of uh, peel back the onion here a little bit and say well um, you know do you ever ha have to patch your server or you know do you ever have to you know flash the firmware in your router or whatever. Well, okay, those are security things, right? Have you ever made an account for somebody? Have you ever you know, set a password for somebody? Okay, well, guess what? You're doing security stuff. And so just by helping them reframe the work that they're already doing, they begin to realize that, oh, wow, I'm, I am already you know, kind of sort of doing cybersecurity. And so even if you don't have this job yet, even if this is the first of your two steps, I just want you to realize that there is a huge cybersecurity component to these jobs, and that's what makes them great feeder roles. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're working as a system administrator and the cybersecurity guy hands you the STIGs and says, here's the security technical implementation guide, go through and go configure these 500 settings per this guide. Well, guess what? You just hardened that server. Take credit for that on your resume. Make yep. sure you're getting credit for those things that you're doing. If you're creating password policies in Windows, that's setting a GPO, that's a security function. So all these things are things you can take credit for and you can then make sure that you're getting credit on your way to a two-step so you can then become a security engineer or security architect or a SOC analyst or whatever it is you're trying to get to. The second one that we have when we talk about uh, these two-step jobs, the second one is you can get a job as an auditor and then you can move into the IT auditing space if you have a background. Now, IT auditing is considered a cybersecurity job, but a lot of people think it's kind of on the fringes of cybersecurity because you're not always being a really technical, in-depth person here. Uh, Kip, I think you had a good story about one of your students, right? Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, so so the in the two-step here, right, the first step would be to become an IT auditor. Okay, so I met a guy one time who was in um, finance. I mean, this was just a fellow who supervised a small team of people, and they were, uh, you know, keeping the books for a, a company. He was actually working for a very large publicly traded companies. So he had a very, uh, very small slice of the overall finance, uh, you know, responsibility. But the point was, is he was working with the, the numbers, you know, in the general ledger and so forth. And I remember him saying to me, like, man, I really wish I could get into cybersecurity, but I, I don't think I can because I don't have a technical degree and I have no work experience uh, in, you know, in any of these technologies. And I just feel like, that door is, is going to be closed to me forever, you know, because of choices I made a long time ago. And so I said, well, uh, let's not be too hasty here. I, I think there could be a path for you. And so we spent some time unpacking it. And, and so it turns out that uh, because he was working for this large publicly traded organization, we went and we took a look at the job postings. And there they were. There was job postings in there for people to work in the governance, risk, and compliance area of their information security team. Now, what is governance, risk, and compliance? Well, that's GRC, and that's a, a kind of a non-technical or not heavily technical set of roles that you can move into. And guess what? The experience that he had being a financial uh, analyst and then eventually having a team of financial analysts working for him fit perfectly with doing governance risk and compliance work long story short he made uh he he went he did a little bit of internal networking he ended up meeting the hiring manager uh for these uh, open job postings and that hiring manager god bless her she recognized immediately that that this guy had a lot of of transitionary uh skills things that he could bring to uh to the role and she was having a hard time finding somebody to take that job and here he was and he just almost waltzed right into that job and i i swear i i i have rarely seen a happier dude <laughs> working in grc <laughs> grc is usually not so the happy. fun job you know <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i had a similar experience about 10 years ago i was working for the government and the government was going through some consolidation actions 
and they consolidated some of the accounting functions for the DOD into a couple of areas, and so they started closing down some of the older organizations that were doing it. And they had this organization that was filled with bookkeepers and accountants, and they had to find some new work for them to do, because the government can't just lay you off, they have to find you a new job when they repurpose that organization. So they started training these folks into doing some cybersecurity auditing. And they took all these bookkeepers and accountants because they realized these are people who can follow the checklist, they can make sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed, and they were going in and inspecting us as the cybersecurity experts to make sure we were doing our jobs right. And these people really didn't understand cyber at all, but they knew how to follow that checklist and do the audits in the GRC realm, just like you're talking about. And so it is one of those things that is common to see that we see a lot of people going from accounting and finance and bookkeeping into an auditor role, specifically an IT auditor role, and then they can use that to leapfrog into a pen testing role or a SOC analyst role or whatever else they want to work at inside their organization. Or they may just like the GRC realm because they're already good at that type of work. And it pays well. So if you're mid-career, and the use case we talked about going into this episode, then that's that's what this is all about, right? The two-step. So you two-step your way into a GRC role, and then you know just just by talking to your coworkers who do the very um, you know deeply technical work, that's also going to give you an opportunity to kind of do a gut check, like, do I really want to do this? You know, may, maybe it's not as uh, as cool and glamorous as I thought it was, and maybe I don't need to do two steps. Maybe one step was uh, was just enough for me. Yeah, very true. Uh, number three, so our third one, as far as jobs we see people commonly using as a two-step into cybersecurity is software development. Now this one is pretty, makes, makes pretty good sense, right? If you're a software developer, you can code. Whether it's coding websites, mobile applications, web applications, or desktop applications, you've got some experience doing coding. So how do you think you can get into cybersecurity? Well, one is being part of a DevSecOps team, and two, you can start working with bounty hunters or bug bounty hunters or pen testers because they need people to make their tools. And so these software developers can start being embedded into those teams or then work into those bug bounty or pen testing roles as well. This is something I commonly see. Now, this is a little bit harder to get into because you already have to know how to code to become a software developer, but I see a lot of software developers who are not happy with the pay they're making in the regular software development industry. Uh, I have a lot of friends who work in the game development industry and they're lucky to make 60 or $80,000 a year. But if they went over and became a bug bounty hunter or a pen tester, they could be making mid to high six figures, right? Um, and so these are the things you want to be thinking about as you're looking at these two steps. Yeah, absolutely. There's another thing you could do too if you're a software developer and that is secure code uh, uh, coaching. And and the uh, and the way that that typically happens is is by doing things like threat modeling, right? Actually helping software developers think about what they're building and how it could be exploited. And there's all these different models that you can that you can use. So if you're a person who likes to, for example, teach people and you also know how to do software development, well, you can uh, pivot and you can get really good at secure software development life cycles, and, um, and there'd be a whole world open up to you in, in that area as well. It, it's, it, it continues to amaze me just how many different types of cybersecurity jobs there are and, and how they're not that far from the work that is um, you know, much more well understood. And if you're a software developer right now, you know, it's just like the network and systems administrators. You think, oh, well, I just I just develop software. I, I don't really have any security responsibilities. Wrong. You have tons of security responsibilities. Go check out the OWASP top 10. And that is a list of, of common flaws and bugs in software that allows 
uh, cyber exploitation over the internet. And if you do nothing else as a software dev, as you're trying to figure out how to get into cybersecurity, get smart on OWASP top 10 and start figuring out how you can write more secure code and you can get paid for the job that you're doing right now and you can sharpen uh, your, your skills in cybersecurity. Definitely. Um, our number four way to two-step your way into a cybersecurity job, and this is actually one of my favorites, is project management. So there is projects galore that happen inside of IT and inside of cybersecurity. And most cybersecurity folks aren't project managers. But if you're a project manager, you can go lead a cybersecurity project, and now you're in that realm of cybersecurity. I see a lot of folks who have their project management certifications, whether it's PMP or Prince2 or Prince2 Agile or Scrum, and they're gonna work on IT-related projects, use that to build up experience, and now they have a lot of experience in cybersecurity that they can use to get a cybersecurity role. Yeah, you'd be amazed at how much you can pick up by being the project manager for a big cybersecurity project just by listening to the folks that have a lot of cybersecurity-specific expertise, just by listening to them give status reports in your meetings and listening to them talk about the blockers that they're encountering and what it's going to take to remove those blockers in order for them to hit their milestones, you can pick up a ton of great information. And often these projects are going to be filled with people from different disciplines. And so you can you can listen to a blue teamer who's uh, doing systems administration work. You might listen to uh, you know somebody who is uh, doing some coding work or some configuration work or whatever. And it's it's gonna be like almost a seminar for you to figure out what are the job opportunities. And then you, know, you can even uh, meet these folks outside of the work environment and continue to ask them questions. Hey, you're already on a project together. You don't need a special reason to, uh, you know, to reach out to them and get some one-on-one -on -one time to learn more about their work. So it's just, um, it's just a fantastic, uh, two-step, uh, a first step and a two-step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you, one of the projects I worked on about 15 years ago, I was the project manager for a $30 million upgrade of a gigabit Ethernet network for our organization. Now, that meant I had to deal with the physical security of it. I needed to deal with all the contractors and the budgeting on it. I needed to deal with all the IT folks to make sure that we were running the cables correctly, getting all of our switches upgraded, all of our routers upgraded, all of our servers upgraded, and making sure all those pieces and parts were working together in a secure manner. And because of that, I got a lot of experience over that 12 months in and around all the different disciplines that were related to this project. And so it really does work well to get your feet in and make all those connections really quickly. Yeah, it really does. So the fifth uh, job in our, in our list of five is physical security. And, um, and, and before you tell your story, Jason, I'm sure everyone is like, what? How in the world does, does a physical security job get you a two-step into cybersecurity and well, I think maybe we I need to define physical to security them. first. So what? physical security is talking about locks and cameras and doors and security guards and all the things we use to protect our buildings and our systems that are in those buildings, right? So when I was a college professor about 10 years ago in the, in the Arundel, Anne Arundel County area, we had a lot of students who were trying to get jobs in cybersecurity because the National Security Agency was right there in our backyard. And so one of the things that our students would do is they would get jobs either as a janitor or in physical security. At every single gate in that facility, there's somebody checking your badge. At every single gate and hallway, there's people walking around doing physical security checks because they have top secret information in that building. And so one of the things people did was they got a job working in physical security at the agency as a contractor or a government civilian, and that got them their top secret clearance. 
So now, when they wanted to go get a job, it was a lot easier to get a job as a cybersecurity person. Once they had one or two key certifications and a top secret clearance, they could walk right in and become a cybersecurity analyst at the agency or for one of their contractors. So this is a very common thing I've seen in and around military bases and government facilities. Now, even in a regular facility, if you're doing physical security, that is one of the eight domains underneath CISSP and is considered one of the eight domains of cybersecurity. And so getting that physical security experience can build clock time where you're working in and around cybersecurity. And in addition to that, as you're walking around the building and doing your physical security job, guess what? You're able to network and make connections with people in that building who are doing the job you want. And maybe they'll mentor you and take you under their wing. So I've seen a lot of people use this as the first step in their two-step into a cybersecurity role. I got to tell you, um, this is one of the things that I love about the fact that you and I are working together on this podcast and the other things that we're doing to help people because you're bringing a perspective in here that I, if it was just me, I would never have put physical security on this list because in the private sector where I've been working for the last 25 years, I almost never see that. Almost never see that. I you know if it if it happens it doesn't happen very often at least as far as as far as i can see um in fact i kind of see the opposite so uh when i was working at an insurance company um we kind of toyed around for a little bit about merging the information security team with the physical security team because the sort of the the, the prompt here was well you know maybe maybe we can uh you know save some money by not having uh you know as as many people maybe we can do more work with less so on and so forth and so we kind of dug into it a little bit but i'll tell you i quickly found out that was not a good idea <laughs> only because the culture of the two teams was so so different. Now, I'm not saying that means that physical security people can't cross over in your example. I'm, I'm sure that that probably works fine. But I was just shocked and surprised by just how different the cultures of these two teams were. I don't know if that's, you know, the way it, that it is everywhere. But anyway, that was my experience. So yeah. I, I just I'm glad you brought this up. You know, I think that's interesting as well because one of the things I've done in my past was some digital forensics work. And when I went to school for digital forensics, uh, the entire class, there was two of us that were actually technical background cybersecurity guys. The other 28 people in that class were all security guards, police officers, and federal agents. Why? Because they found that teaching cybersecurity folks how to do all the processing of the data and making sure you're logging it properly for evidence was really hard and we would screw it up all the time but it was easier for them to take a police officer and teach them cybersecurity to do the digital evidence collection because they knew they would get the chain of evidence properly done and the chain of custody properly done. And that was one of the things that kind of blew my mind when I got there. I'm thinking, everyone's gonna be here, this gonna be technical. And I went in there and people didn't even know what the motherboard was or what the memory module was. We had to start at zero to teach these folks because they were coming from a law enforcement background, but they understood search and seizure, they understood evidence, they understood chain of custody, and they had that culture that wasn't the way that we do things in cybersecurity. And so it was a better process in that agency to do it that way, um, but it was something that really took me off guard as well. Wow, that, that's, that's super insightful. And I think it also points out something that we say a lot, which is important, which is transferable skills, right? I'll bet you there's a lot of people listening to us who are working uh, as, as, a, as a police officer or in some form of law enforcement and probably hasn't even realized that, that they already have all these fantastic transferable skills that could uh, get them a, a digital forensics job. So... That's great. Well, that's our that's our top five. Do you want to do a recap and get us out of here, Jason? 
Most certainly. So those top five jobs that we see the two-step being used for is networker system administrator because it's a feeder role and it's kind of the traditional path for people getting into cybersecurity. We also see auditors, especially coming from bookkeeping, financing, and accounting, moving into IT auditing, and then into cybersecurity. We see a lot of software developers who move into pen testing, or bug bounty hunting, or DevSecOps teams, or secure coding. We see project managers who are working on IT-related projects to build up that cybersecurity experience, make the connections, and then make the leap into cybersecurity. And then fifth, we see physical security, or at least I see physical security, <laughs> uh, especially in the DOD, the government sector, and government contracting world, because it's a good way to get your clearance, and then pairing that clearance with one or two key certifications can really help you land that job. So if you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you could jump on over to iTunes and leave us a quick review. Reviews are the best way to tell the podcast algorithms out there that you love the show and you want to hear, uh, hear more of it and have others find it as well. So I hope you take a moment to do that, and thank you very much. We're glad you were here. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Cyber Path. Don't miss an episode. Press the subscribe button now. If you would like to learn more about how to get your dream cybersecurity job, then be sure to visit yourcyberpath.com where you can access the show notes, search the archive of our top tips and tricks, and discover some fantastic bonus content. <laughs>